CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi there, I'm Lauren McGoodwin with teammate Aliyah Kamalova. Welcome to The Females, a podcast from Career Contessa that delivers helpful, actionable career tips and advice for women so you can be more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. Today is episode two of our month-long Power Moves series to celebrate my upcoming book, Power Moves, how women can pivot, reboot, and build a career of purpose. Power Moves is currently available for pre-order until its release on May 19th, 2020. And if you pre-order now, you can also receive companion resources like the Power Moves playbook, audio links to chapter one, and even a 50% off coupon code that you can use on any Career Contessa online course. The overall value for these resources is more than $300, but you will get them for free with your purchase of Power Just go to powermovesbook.com to see all the details and order today. This episode of our Power Moves series focuses on the topic of relationships. We're going to go over why relationships matter and how to build your personal circle of champions. And stick around for Dear Career Contessa, our listener advice segment where we answer your career questions, starting with, is it a good idea to pivot careers right now, given the current job market? Plus, we also share some helpful resources you won't want to miss. And now, this is The Females. When we think about relationships at work, we often frame it in the context of networking. And I know that probably made a lot of people cringe because that (laughs) word has got definitely some very specific (laughs) feelings for people. But I think it really goes beyond that, you know, Mm -hmm. especially now in the time of social distancing, it can seem difficult to maintain and I know this is an overused word too, these authentic relationships at work. However, your personal and professional relationships are absolutely critical. Research shows that beyond career satisfaction, what actually makes us happiest is healthy, consistent, long-term relationships with the people around us. And so the inverse of that is true as well. Toxic interactions with others can seriously negatively impact our daily happiness and even our life expectancy. So basically, in the most simplistic terms, being close to your coworkers makes work more fun. (laughs) If you've ever had a close coworker too, I think Mm -hmm. you can 
totally relate to the feeling of like you enjoy work more. I mean, that's why that there's those famous phrases like work wife, work husband, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think that's also why when you enter a new workplace, why it's so stressful yeah. <laughs> besides <laughs> learning whatever your job responsibilities are, just picking up on like, who's cool? Like what's, you know, what's the vibe here? <laughs> I was the new kid in sixth grade. We, we moved to Florida. So I, by the way, I would really not recommend having to be the new kid in middle school. But anyway, <laughs> it, it reminds me of that feeling of like walking into a new school for the first time and like mm-hmm. <laughs> just trying to understand the lay of the land. Yeah. But it's like really important though, because once you make those close friends or like, I don't even know. I feel like it's weird to even say friends. I, I don't think it necessarily has to be like your best friends with your coworker, but just someone that you work well with. And yeah. if you support each other, it just makes your whole experience better. And then they can advocate for you and you can do the same likewise with them. It's interesting. I was interviewed for an article that came out probably a couple months ago and it was the opposite of like, well, what happens when you have a breakup with your work? Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing where it's like, it's amazing to have it, but also like, you know, what happens if you have the breakup? But it's, Mm -hmm. it's the reason why I think we use words like breakup is because these are relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting to see companies pivoting to remote structures right now that weren't previously remote and how they're keeping up team building. Yeah. Um, Because that's really tough, especially if you didn't, you know, if you were forced into a work from home status. We actually had an article on Career Contessa and it was virtual team building exercises. And the reality is that this does take more effort for the managers or for the team, but they're incredibly important. So, you know, I I think this is one of those life lessons where like, hey, you might not always feel like doing it. You might not want to go to the team happy hour, virtual happy Mm -hmm. hour or whatever, but you always feel better when it's done and, and a connected team is extremely strong. Yeah. So that's why on today's episode, we're discussing two things. One, why do relationships matter? And two, three ways to build your circle of champions. So let's get into it. So as we mentioned earlier, our connections to other people are also a strong indicator of our contentment level at work. And they found that in fact, those who we choose to include in our networks will have a greater impact on how we think about ourselves and our position in life than almost anything else. A 2008 study out of Harvard University and the University of San Diego found that positive friends or professional connections will have a greater influence on our life satisfaction um, comparison to external factors like the amount of money you make. It's like one of those things that's obvious, but also great to hear. Well, I also feel like we've heard this, like, what's the saying? Like you are the sum of like the five people closest yeah. to you or, and then there's that whole Kevin Bacon. Am I making this up? There's like a, a phrase about <laughs> I that. I feel like those are two different things. I know <laughs> each one. <laughs> uh, maybe Kevin Bacon is that like somehow we're all connected. <laughs> like the heard... degrees, the degrees. Oh yeah. Kevin Bacon? Yeah. Right. But <laughs> okay. There's no Kevin Bacon in this, you guys. <laughs> but I, I do feel like what the research is finding I think this is that that quest that people are always have or the question they're always wondering. It's like, how do you be fulfilled at work? How how and it's like one universal truth I absolutely know from my own personal experiences is that sometimes it does not matter what the work is that you're doing. It a hundred percent matters who you're doing it with. And it's interesting because you might feel that way. And now, of course, there's research to back up why. It's because your relationships are actually the thing that have the greatest impact on your contentment level. So that's fascinating to me because I think sometimes people are chasing projects and teams and promotions and companies and job titles. But 
and maybe this is hard to, you know, learn a lot about in the interview process, but it's mm-hmm. really about the people. Yeah, absolutely. What would you say is like, if you are new to a company, how do you like figure that out? You know, I know it's, it's just a time thing probably, but are there things that you can do to like, just like throw out <laughs> no. topics, see how they react like, well, um, to get to know your work? I definitely think that at least in my experience, I feel like you end up kind of naturally finding common ground with somebody, either it's because maybe you guys are the same position or you're on the same team or you think the same way, or maybe you're both morning people. So like maybe you work really similarly. I interviewed this woman, Annabelle Chang, for an episode of The Females. The title of it's The Art of Asking Questions for Career Success. And she talked a lot about how when she goes into companies, she goes in like just extremely curious and just like from a place of learning. So I think that's also a really good thing is like when you're new to a workplace, it's like just curiosity, bringing curiosity to everything, including people's lives, right? Like without Mm -hmm. being nosy, I think there's definitely a fine line there. But I think that's probably the way that you can learn like who is somebody that you're compatible with. And I, I mean, I've told this story a few times on the podcast, but I also had someone I worked with that I didn't think we were very compatible. And then we took one of those personality tests. We took the DISC assessment actually at work. And we realized that we just worked differently. And once we knew and understood each other's differences, we worked really, really well. You know, so I also think you could go like, if you're a manager right now and you're listening to this, you could definitely go as far as saying like, okay, let's take assessments too. Like I found that to be helpful. Mm -hmm. I'm here to tell you about one of my favorite non-career related companies, Majuri. This might surprise many of you, but I really love jewelry. I find it to be pretty much the easiest way to upgrade my work from home look as well. So bonus points for that. But I'm also somewhat particular about the jewelry. I want it to be polished, but not distracting. I want it to be delicate, but I definitely don't want it to break. That's why I love Majuri. They make fine jewelry for everyday wear that's ethically sourced and made to last. Their selection is always changing with weekly additions thoughtfully made in small batches. Think 14 karat gold, solid gold staples, everything from those light as air hoops to barely there chains made for layering. Plus, they have sterling silver, pearls, diamonds, and even wedding bands for you and your significant other. Traditional jewelers launch seasonal releases, but Majuri drops new pieces every single Monday. Not sure which style is best for you? Well, Majuri is also working from home and you can book a one-on-one digital styling appointment or use their live chat where they can help you answer any of those weird styling questions like, can I mix metals? Or the always hard one, how do I know my ring size? Treat yourself while you're in quarantine. Plus, Majuri also offers free shipping within the U.S. and Canada, easy returns, and a two-year warranty. Head to majuri.com slash females, or you can just use the code females, F-E-M-A-I-L-S, at checkout for 10% off your first order. That's majuri, M-E-J-U-R-I.com slash females for 10% off your first order. All right, now let's get back to the show. Hey guys, it's Gabby from What's Gabby Cooking? And I figured we've all got a little extra time on our hands right now. Hello, social distancing. So what better time to start a podcast than now? Come hang every Monday, Wednesday, Friday for the foreseeable future while we learn how to put those staple ingredients from your pantry to work. 
I'll be taking calls every podcast to answer your burning questions on what to make with a mishmash of ingredients, along with talking tips and tricks in the kitchen, how to do easy substitutions and different recipes, and who knows what else. Corona quarantine, here we come. Whenever you were doing the assessment, was it like your manager was like, you guys should do this or... Yeah, no, the whole company had to do it. So it was like the talent development team had everybody do it. And then each department. So like I was on the recruiting team, the recruiting team, then we spent like a whole day learning about like what it means, learning about each other. And I think that's the way to do it. And I remember I was really sick that day. And so I got got quarantined to the back. (laughs) So I was like, even though we're doing all this like team building, I didn't have to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone in a group, I didn't have to do any of it. Everyone's probably like, what were the results of her test? Why is she? (laughs) Or or everybody was like, we don't want to sit next to her. (laughs) So, But you found that like productivity and stuff increased after you Yeah, because so one of the things that happened in the result was that for DISC, I was a C and C is like really conscientious. So, and you can probably see this, Aaliyah, now that you've worked with me, like, <laughs> I really like to know like all the options, what are mm-hmm. like all the things, right? I'm not like super quick to make a decision. Sometimes I kind of go back and forth a little bit. And I think one of the famous sayings I say a lot in meetings is maybe I'm overthinking this. Like that's just kind of part of my nature. Well, the person I worked with, he was really decisive. So he would like pick something and just run with it. And I always read that as like, he's lazy or he doesn't care. And so it was interesting because once we knew those two main things about each other, we were able to work a lot better because I needed someone decisive. And he also needed someone who could be like, look, wait, hold on. I need to like have another day. Yeah. Have a plan B. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, I think, I think you can, you don't have to have an assessment to, to know that about yourself or the people you work with. I think that's something you would do maybe if you were working on a team for a long time. Um, we also have this downloadable resource that we just added with Liz and Molly. They were also on the podcast and it's called A Communication Guide to Working With Me. And that's an awesome tool that you could use. It's a template and basically you would share it with everybody on your team to kind of learn how they like to be communicated with. I mean, relationships are built on you know trust, communication. So those are like two big things you also have to build over time. And I'm sure you remember this, but like when we had Shanna on, she was talking about at the end of the day, like to be able to have influence is somebody knows that like you're the expert or you're the Mm -hmm. go-to and they can trust you on that. So like trust, I always think is a really important piece of this too. According to research by Harvard professor and psychologist, Dr. David McClelland, the people closest to you determine as much as 95% of your success or failure in life. And Lauren, you go into this in your book, Power Moves, it's coming out May 19th. Um, (laughs) Subtle plug. uh, Yeah, the five people you spend the most time with and specifically their day-to-day behaviors and their deeply held beliefs will shape who you are and how you spent your life. And you refer to those people as your circle of champions. Yeah, which is a a phrase I came up with because if you guys can't tell, I like alliterations. But I thought also it would be a good reminder for people. So yes, your your personal circle of champions are the people who you know you can trust and guide you, who you respect and believe in enough to invest your time in supporting their career journeys as well. So this is not you know networking. Mm-hmm. A circle of champions is ideally a small yet handpicked, you know, carefully curated and chosen according to specific criteria, namely because they are the people that you admire, 
they have the values, ambition, work ethic, and visions of success that align with your own. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I learned a lot when I was writing this book is that this alignment is incredibly important to, again, like what the researchers found about, you you know, having as much as 95% determining your success or your failure, it really comes down to that alignment piece. And, Mm -hmm. And if they're really aligned with you, then it's great. And it's interesting because I started to obviously think about this a lot in my own life. Like, do I have a circle of champions? And it was a really helpful exercise for me to also kind of, I think, take a step back and recognize like, okay, who are the people in my life that are like worth investing more in because Mm -hmm. our values align with the stages that we're at in our careers right now. And I I don't know, I think we're all pressed for time. I know we're all like busy and we're all trying to find ways to like focus and be productive. And I'm not saying that you need to treat humans like they're a to-do list, but Mm -hmm. I, I did find it to be a helpful exercise for sure. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you just need to truly do like a rundown of yeah. what you know. Because sometimes even your closest friend, you realize like, when's the last time I even called them or anything? So I feel like as much as it, as it sounds like a to-do list, it's actually a helpful thing to just maintain relationships that you enjoy. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, if you want to be successful in life and not just successful, but successful and fulfilled, this is definitely a, a, an item that you have to do. So the question I'm sure all of you are wondering is, well, how do you create this? So after this quick break, Aliyah and I are going to go over how you can create your own personal circle of champions. I want to take a quick break to tell you about Acuity, a scheduling assistant that makes it easy for traditional businesses to become virtual businesses. That means that you're removing hours of annoying work from your agenda, which leaves you more time for the things that you'd rather do right now, like the revenue generating projects or even launching that side hustle. The thing that I love about Acuity is that it makes me look so professional and I can trust it to be reliable. With Acuity, clients can book easily. Then Acuity will even send them booking confirmations that include my own branding and personalized messaging. And you can avoid scheduling back and forth nonstop because Acuity can deliver text reminders and let clients reschedule on their own. Acuity links with all the popular video conferencing tools like Zoom, GoToMeeting, and Google Hangouts. You can hook up Acuity to your social accounts like a Facebook page, and then people can book directly. They can collect everything that you need to know about a client as soon as they book by asking clients to fill out these customizable intake forms when scheduling. And it also keeps all that information neat and tidy in one place. So you're never trying to find it two minutes before a phone call. And lastly, you can get notified anytime a new appointment is booked and you can check your schedule right from your phone and even tell Acuity to automatically update your calendars that you already use like Google, Outlook, iCloud, you know, whichever one you want. So really it can kind of keep your entire life completely in sync. If you're trying to transition your company into a virtual one, which I know we all are right now, or need to streamline your virtual business, Acuity Scheduling deals with the day-to-day drudgery so you can focus on what's important. For a limited time only, you can get 45 days of Acuity Scheduling absolutely free, no credit card required. All you have to do is go to acuityscheduling.com backslash emails. So that's acuity, A-C-U-I-T-Y, scheduling.com backslash females. All right, now let's get back to the show. 
Okay, so step number one is look around at the people you spend the most time with and ask yourself the following questions honestly. Number one, are these relationships best aligned with who I am, who I want to be, and the vision I have of where I want to take my life? Are there people in my orbit who I'd like to spend more time with, but I can't because my time is taken up by someone who is not good for me or toxic. And that's the piece I was kind of just talking about, which is, you know, if you're spending time with people who are in your orbit and taking you away from (laughs) where you want to go and who you want to be, that's, you know, ultimately something you have to consider and and readjust for your time. Mm -hmm. And when you talk about being aligned with who you are, is that in reference to like, I want to be in this career like field and you're aligned that way? Or is it like, oh, we're both this type of worker and that's how we're aligned? Or is that up to your interpretation? Yeah, I think it's it's kind of up to your interpretation. Like I was talking to a friend yesterday and she was talking about like, I don't know the exact way to describe this without like <laughs> saying the names we were talking about, but <laughs> essentially she was like, I think we're too self-aware to ever have an experience like that. Right. So like mm-hmm. we align in the fact that our values are you know, we have a lot of self-awareness and we, you know, even if we became monetarily really successful, like we wouldn't act a certain way. Mm-hmm. So sort of like, I think a lot of this is open to your interpretation, but I think going back to sort of like asking yourself the following questions, are they people who like I admire? Are they people who I respect? I once got the advice of like, you shouldn't be in, in a job unless the person above you is the job title that you would want to be or someone Mm -hmm. you would want to be like. I think it's similar in the sense of like aligning with kind of where you want to go or how you want to direct your life without being that specific, right? Definitely. And the people, when we're referencing the people that you spend the most time with, this could be at work, outside of work, right? It could be personal relationships too. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've gotten questions like this at Career Contessa where sometimes someone will write in, they'll be like, I have a coworker who's like really negative. They're always complaining about work. And I don't know if you've ever had this, but like if you work closely with someone who like hates work, Mm -hmm. you'll start to hate work, right? So there is sort of this feeling of like, you take on kind of the feelings and the attitudes, but it goes deeper than that, right? Because then does that affect, you know, your ability to do well on projects or your ability to build relationships with other people or, you know, and also, Mm -hmm. you know, your association of like who you spend your time with. I think there's another phrase about this, like who you spend your time with starts to define who you are or something like that. I mean, it's, I don't want to say it's quite nearly as strong because there are probably people at work that you don't want to align with that you have to. We all have that. I mean, that's just being an adult, but I think this is a little bit more of like, who you're choosing to be with. Right. Yeah. It's funny the way I think about it too. I like, so I have like one friend that I would do workout classes with and another friend who it's always horrible to do workouts with. It's funny because it's like that physical motivator. It's like that energy of someone who's doing something with a good energy and positivity. It's like, I physically become stronger. It's like I can last and do things more. I don't know. That's just proof that that mental support or someone that you can just kind of rally with increases your productivity. I think. Yeah. Makes oh, you feel energized. Totally. <laughs> For me, it was physically. Yeah. <laughs> Our next step, step number two, is to audit your current circle of champions. You want to surround yourself with optimists. So if you surround yourself with people who are largely pessimistic, try instead to align yourself with people who have a sunnier outlook. Yeah. I mean, that goes back to what I was just saying about 
you know, somebody who everything is always the worst, everything is always super dramatic versus the person who's like, hey, this is really challenging and I'm going to come up against these challenges, but here's how I think I'm going to get through them. And I'm not saying that this person has to be optimistic 24-7, right? but you've probably met someone where like they're just an overall optimistic person, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're more of a glass half full. I just feel like that has served people so much more than the person where it's like, it's never their fault. They're always the victim. It's always stuff happening to them. That is so easy, you know, so easy to, to be disappointed in life and have your expectations not be met. So if you can figure out how to like deal with that and, and turn it into, you know, fuel to, to move on to the next thing, you're so much more powerful. Well, that's kind of the same idea of like the friends, right? If you can have friends that like challenge you to see things a different way or to help you be more optimistic, that's going to energize you, as you said, but it's also going to help you see possibilities and be that critical problem solver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing worse than when you're feeling sad or upset and the people around you are like, yeah, you should feel that way. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, you know, it, it seems to perpetuate that feeling for longer than maybe it would have otherwise. So I have a friend who like, she has a very sunny disposition. I will Mm -hmm. say one annoying thing is like, I'm like, (laughs) oh my God, how is your life always perfect? So we're not talking about people who are being fake, right? Mm -hmm. We're not talking about everything is always amazing and nothing's ever bad. We're talking about people where it's like, I think Dr. Sasha talked about this, where she's like, when you make a big goal, you want to be, you know, optimistic yet pessimistic from the standpoint of like, you just want to know that life isn't always going to go according to plan and how are you going to plan or consider how you're going to deal with those challenges. So one is like kind of fake and being like naive that everything's always going to be perfect. And the other one is like, I would say like a resilience mindset, you know? Yeah. And I think that also that quality of optimism or positivity really goes hand in hand with like a gratitude. And I feel like that's kind of what I realized in those friends that I really like admire. They're just super grateful for a lot of things. And that leads to a more optimistic and more energizing. Yeah. Yeah. It's contagious for Mm -hmm. sure. Cosbox is a quarterly four times a year subscription box curated by women for women that is filled with all sorts of amazing products and brands that are ethical, sustainable, and have a positive mission to give back and make the world better. Every cause box is limited edition and comes with six to eight full-size products. You can get everything from skincare and jewelry to homewares and accessories. The last four boxes sold out within days, which I believe is because you get over $250 worth of great products for only 50 bucks. I actually got my own sample box and here are just a few of my favorite things that were in it. Number one, an organic scarf from Bloom and Give that I now use to also cover my mouth while I walk. Travel wallet in this great terrazzo print that I can't wait to use in the future. And a duffel bag from a company called Known Supply. They are a brand that we've teamed up with at Career Contessa before actually when we made equal payday shirts. Each cause box also comes with an exclusive magazine that tells the story and mission behind each product in the box. So it's really fun too. One of the best parts was just getting my cause box in the mail. They ship it right to your door for free and opening it and feeling like I got myself this huge surprise bundle of gifts. It was fun to have that nearby the time that I was also celebrating my book. 
I'd get this for myself. I'd also think this is a great gift idea for your mom, your sister, your friends. It really is my new favorite subscription. Also, I just want to mention that we love seeing our listeners getting their cause boxes. So if you get one, don't forget to tag us. It's at Career Contessa and let us know what your favorite product is. The best part is that, of course, we got our listeners an exclusive discount. If you just go to causebox.com backslash females and you use the code females, you're going to get your first box for 30% off. So you get a box worth $250 worth of stuff inside of it for less than $39 and free shipping. If you haven't gotten your cause box yet, definitely do so because they always sell out. And I can tell you firsthand that you're really going to love it. So check that out. All right, now let's get back to the show. So you also want to surround yourself with people who challenge you. So if you're constantly surrounded by people who agree with you all the time, that can be really stagnating. So you want to seek out strong-willed devil's advocates, the people who will respectfully offer up contrasting point of view. One thing I, I can't remember what podcast I heard it on, but it was this relationship expert and he was saying like contempt and criticism are like the two things that basically like, that's how he knows within like 15 minutes of a couple's like not going to make it or not. (laughs) And so I think the reason why I'm bringing that up is because it's okay for people to disagree with you and play devil's advocate and, you know, maybe offer feedback that's challenging, but you want to make sure that they're being respectful about it. And if you have a friend who's like, trying to take you down a peg or is, you know, they've got this like criticism and and contempt side to their behavior. Those are not people who are respectfully trying to help you and challenge you. Those are people who are trying to keep you down so they can be, feel better. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, usually those respectful people that are those devil's advocates, they'll, you know, poke holes in whatever you're working on or, but in a way where they're like, okay, well, let's brainstorm solutions. You know, they're there to help if you need them to help. So it's not just like, this is never going to work. Bye. (laughs) I find too, that the really good people that you want to keep in your circle of champions are the ones who also have enough awareness to recognize when maybe you need that push and when it's time to be like, okay, we've pushed. Now we're going to kind of like take a step back and change the topic or do something else. You know, it's like feeling beat up or something. If, if like someone just keeps going all the time. I mean, it's interesting because I think feedback can be like that for a lot of people at work where they feel like they're always getting negative feedback. And it's like, mm-hmm. right. And the message to anybody giving feedback is like, you don't want to be the person who you only give negative feedback. You want to be able to give positive feedback and negative or helpful feedback. But like, one end of the spectrum in all things in life just doesn't work very well. Personally, I think this is one of the most important types of person to include in your circle of champions because if you are influenced so much by the people around you, it's so great to have someone who has a differing point of view or can challenge you in some sort of way. I think that's like super important. Our last step with the audit is to check yourself. Are you showing up? Check yourself. (laughs) (laughs) That's how you wrote it in the book too. Yeah, (laughs) that's the voice. I hope you guys hear it like that. (laughs) So it's, are you showing up correctly for others? Can people count on you? Do you bring negative energy? Are you a good listener? So basically all of the things that we just mentioned when you're trying to build your circle of champions, make sure you're also held to that standard (laughs) because- Well, I think you'll attract that. Yeah, exactly. 
if you are showing up for others, you will also attract that. I think the big piece of this advice is, are you a good listener? Like I say this honestly, like most people aren't. So even if you're immediate, like I'm a good listener, you're probably not like, you know, because most of us, that's an area that we really need to spend more time on and not be thinking about what we're going to say next and bringing negative energy. I think that one's like a little bit easier to understand and and how to fix that. Mm -hmm. Just like the overall message to get across is like, we're not asking you to be fake. Like we want you to show your vulnerabilities. We want you to feel like you can be yourself, but it's also about, and, and it's okay to have off days with this too, but like overall, like, can people count on you? You say you're going to go somewhere and show up. It would be better for you to say, no, I can't do that than to say yes and be the flake. You know what I mean? Definitely. And um, what I was going to bring up earlier, but I forgot is whenever you go through this audit and you realize that maybe like you ask yourself these reflective questions and you realize that someone in your current circle isn't um, beneficial to you, maybe is toxic or negative. How do you deal with that? <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, maybe a little easier right now since we're not having <laughs> to do things in person, but I, I think you can go one of two ways. I think some relationships sort of naturally fade off a little bit, I guess. Others, you have to have really specific conversations with the person and just let them know, like, look, I, I'm working on these parts of myself right now. And and this is, you know, when we do X, Y, Z, I think being specific is always helpful. Like when we do X, Y, Z, it's just not helpful for me to be aligned with like where I want to go and and my my values right now. That is the more upfront point of view of it. I think the the less upfront point of view is that, you know, say no to things with that person if they invite you to something be like, I really appreciate the invite. I can't make it that time. Um, and maybe you can offer up something else that works better for you and and see if they want to be part of it. I had this therapist once who always talked about like keeping your your side of the street clean. <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. like, look, you can invite them over to your like to do activities with you so that you don't have to be like, oh, I'm just ditching the friendship mm-hmm. altogether. And and maybe over time, you know, that friendship or relationship will evolve, or maybe it won't. And that's okay too. There, you know, for a long time everyone's kind of known this, and you've we probably have all experienced this where it's like friendships kind of ebb and flow. Some friends are really great for certain parts, you know, stages of your mm-hmm. life. And I think the same career-wise, you know, like you're gonna get to a place in your career where, you know, maybe you started with a bunch of peers and, you know, you guys weren't busy 24-7. So you could do a little bit more you know, Slack chats and uh, mm-hmm. uh, iMessage chats and this and that. And then over time, as things kind of pick up, it's like, I can't spend that much time chit-chatting about this stuff with you. Or I really need a friend where, you know, I had a really tough project and I got really hard feedback and you telling me to just get over it doesn't work well for me. Like right. these are all very real things. And I think there's just sort of those two approaches. One where you just like are really upfront with it. And the other is stick to your side of the street, keep it clean and however you want to organize and then invite that person into it and they'll either come into it or not. Yeah. It's important to note that this circle of champions that you create will change over time as you evolve. And I think by practicing these regular audits, you'll learn to thoughtfully let go of those with whom you no longer share that compatibility with. And again, as you mentioned, I think a lot of it's just it's not like one day you're like, let me check. I don't need to be hanging with this person anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I think more often than not, it's a gradual right. kind of separation. 
But I think what makes this a power move is that it is intentional, right? Mm-hmm. Like the yeah. difference of it kind of just happening and, you know, you letting things fall where they fall. The, the, the reason why this is a power move is that it's an, it's an intentional behavior and action to be auditing and, you know, reflecting and, and doing these things. So I guess keep that in mind, you guys. Like, yes, you don't have to do any of the stuff we're talking mm-hmm. about. But if you want to make this a power move, it's got to have intention behind it. Yeah. So... Okay, so let's recap. So the steps for creating a circle of champions are number one, reflect on the people that surround you. Number two, audit your circle of champions. That's really important that you actually do the work. And then number three, make sure that you check in with yourself and and how you're showing up with people. So next up, we hear from you and solve your problems. Welcome to Dear Career Contessa, the part of the show where we answer your questions. Remember, if you have a career question, you can submit it to us via DM on Instagram. We are at Career Contessa. You can email us info at careercontessa.com or even leave us a voicemail at 844-FEMALES. All of that information is also included in the show notes. Today's question came to us via DM on Instagram. And she said, I was laid off from a position in account management at a marketing agency. I'm thinking of reinventing myself as an HR management slash training professional, but I wonder if that's a good idea given the job market. I'm better educated for HR positions. Do you have any advice? We kind of had a similar question, I think, in an earlier podcast episode about job search right now and whether companies are even hiring. And I think what we've learned is that it really is just specific to companies and what they choose, whether it's like a hiring freeze or not. Yeah, I mean... Definitely not all companies are done hiring. And and I also think that as things continue, like companies will have a better idea. I think the overall question is a little bit like, is it a bad time to be pivoting your career in the middle of a global pandemic when it's probably already hard to find a job? Mm-hmm. I think the honest answer is probably yes. But this pivot specifically from account management to HR is not like... A, a complete 180, right? There's yeah. a lot of transferable skills from account management to HR management or training. So I don't think that it's crazy. I think that you can definitely, you know, get your resume, your LinkedIn, your cover letter, all that good stuff and 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 really have great transferable skills. I think for anybody, my overall answer to this is if you want to pivot your careers during the coronavirus, this is about a show don't just tell situation now mm-hmm. because employers have the upper hand. They can probably pick from a ton of candidates who are applying for a job. So if you are thinking of making a career transition, you're going to have to go above and beyond. You're going to have to not only have those materials, you are going to have to network. So if I were her, I would start networking with HR Mm -hmm. management slash training professionals. The people who have the job titles or work at the companies that you want to work with, start networking with them and learning everything you can so that you can make it really clear how you are a good fit for these future HR roles. The other thing when I say show, don't tell is maybe you have to go a step further and you have to create like an online portfolio to show here's my HR experience. And I I think sometimes that's challenging if it's a role that isn't doesn't have visuals, but mm. our course, Digital You, talks about how you can do that. The, the other idea is like we've come up with a couple of unique ones, which is like maybe you start an interview series where you interview HR professionals. Maybe you learn about HR software. Maybe there's online classes that you can take to learn about human resources and just like training in general. So 
I don't think this is like a crazy big pivot. I think she can definitely make this work. But I think for anybody who's thinking about transitioning careers right now during the coronavirus, you have to stay aware of the facts. And the facts are there's more people applying for a job than there are jobs open. So what can you do to make it extremely clear that you can bring value to this organization and you have the skill sets that they need because they don't have to train anybody right now. Mm-hmm. They don't have to take any chances on anybody. You know, like they can go and get the person who's been doing HR management training for 10 years, but why are you the better fit? And I yeah. think there's a great storyline there, right? Like you haven't been doing it for 10 years and you bring this complete other type of experience to the table. And here's how you could really, you know, account management is similar in a lot of ways. So Anyway, now I'm kind of going on a tangent, but the bottom line is, no, I I don't think it's crazy. And my advice is get to a place where you are able to show, not just tell. Yeah. And I think also, I know it's tough when you are unemployed and you need a job and it feels like you can't be as picky, but I think just target your job search as much as possible. And if you see a job that's not you know, 100% an HR position, but you know it's some skills that you could build up that would be suited for HR, like definitely apply for that job. And, you know, whenever there's a recession and I totally understand the importance of just like kind of accepting the job that you get in like sort of a, for an urgent reason, yeah. Maybe there's like bridge jobs that Mm -hmm, you can take, right? Like maybe it's not HR, maybe you do something in learning and talent development or in, you know, as you get your way to HR. So, and that's why those networking beforehand is so great. Is like, what are the positions that people have that lead them to that, right? Mm -hmm. So as you said, like, I guess like bridge careers right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of The Females. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review. We absolutely love hearing from you all. Don't forget to pre-order your copy of Power Moves before May 19th so you can get more than $300 worth of companion resources for free. All you have to do is go to powermovesbook.com. And if you're in need of some networking help, we have free downloadable networking email templates so you can save time drafting networking emails. We link to that resource in the show notes if you're interested in checking that out.